Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Hi, everybody. This is Paul Lisnick, and welcome to Behind the Curtain, my opportunity to step away from the world of politics and law. You watch me cover every day on television to enter the world of fun, of arts, of theater, of food, and this is a great day to do it. Joining me now is one of the Chicago's most famous chefs. Of course, he's famous in a lot more places than Chicago, but we're fortunate enough to have several of his places in our in our city. We're going to talk about them. Uh, world-renowned chef Art Smith joins us. Chef Art, good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you, too. Thank you very much, Paul. You know, it always seems I'm bothering you when you're at WGN Studios on set and you're cooking something and I'm coming up and saying, let I got to do a picture for this website. You, you don't even know what we had planned, but you always cooperated and helped out. And thank you for that. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Listen, for people who, I mean, everybody knows who you are, but for those who aren't sure, here's the thing in Chicago, the, the restaurant we're going to talk about primarily, because I, I went and just really indulged myself over there is Reunion at Navy Pier. But that's just one of a gazillion restaurants you have around the country and one of a few restaurants even in Chicago. I got to tell you that I, this was months ago, but I went to to Blue Door Kitchen and Garden. I know we're not talking about that today, but I love that restaurant. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here at the restaurant here. I'm upstairs. And, oh, I uh, love it. Yeah. yeah. This was the first baby. You know, this was 20 something years ago. In fact, I'm sitting at the table where... Barack and Michelle Obama sat, Lady Gaga sat, Bill Clinton sat, Pat Benatar sat. I mean, the list goes on. This whole little area right here is like the, the holy ground of all the stars I've eaten here. When I come in again, can I ask for the Barack Obama table? Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So let me, just a little bit of history of you. I mean, everybody knows who you are and, and your fame. I mean, everything from Oprah's personal chef, you've cooked for Nelson Mandela, and I just, the, the list is endless. What? How did that happen? I mean, there's lots of chefs out there, but very few get to be that sort of star celebrity chef. And I know TV's part of your world, whatever. But what well, happened in your world that took you that made you so popular, well, so famous? How it started was I was a student at Florida State University. Right, wasn't a great student, <laughs> and the dean sent me over to the governor of Florida's home, and I started helping out at the governor's house. And I was really good at making food pretty. And I did it for free, so they loved me. And a special guest was coming to the house. They didn't have a chef. And they said, um, Art, they said, would you cook for our special guest? And this is where I learned you, you need to know who your audience is. And um, I, uh, the special guest was Mikhail Baryshnikov. Oh. <laughs> and I was 23 years old. Wow. And so I started with the governor around 22, 23, um, and 24, and that kind of threw me out there. And then I did, I went yachting for a couple of years and went around the world on big, fancy, multi-million dollar yachts. And then, um, and then I, um, came back and I started playing around with restaurants. And then I, um, got on a train that brought me to Chicago. And, um, and I had, um, you know, I started, I started teaching cooking lessons and those less, those cooking lessons 
were all for like very well-to-do people. And the problem was they none of those people want to cook. They don't want you to teach them show. They want you to entertain them, but they want you to cook the food. And I would go back frequently and visit. And then I started, I, I created a, well, I wrote a book called back to the table that did really well. Um, it was a New York times bestseller. And I went to, um, I went to go visit the, my old job and um, Jeb Bush was, was, was governor then. And he and I became very good friends. So I just started doing all of Jeb Bush's parties and stuff. And at the same time I was doing stuff. Um, Cause in that same time at a party, I met a man named Andre Walker who was Oprah's hairdresser. And then I was in Washington doing a party for Bill Clinton's inauguration for the first governor who's now Senator Bob Graham. And it said, come to Harpo and make lunch. And so, you know, when opportunity knocks, you pay attention and you go. And, and I went and did lunch and never meeting her for four months. And then she hired me on the fourth month. But um, it's all started like that very organically. And it also started with just the fact that, you know, I had to kind of prove myself. But um, there was a lot of cooking lessons that I taught. A lot of I did a lot of free stuff. I did a lot of different things like that. My whole objective was is just getting out there. And once I got out there, you know, if, the reality is if you if you know your audience and you get and if you get in front of the right audience, then that's all. That's the difference. That's all it is. And um, I got in front of the right audience, and the right and the audience took me the rest of the way. And so, you know, and then with Oprah, I met a lot of people, you know, cook for Mandela, um, cook for every star in the stratosphere. And, um, and, but anyway, um, then I, you know, I got really intrigued with restaurants and Oprah would always say, well, honey, you cook a lot of food, so you need to have a restaurant. Well, at that time she sold the farm and, and I went to a party, Mary Fry, I don't know if you remember her. She was a, a writer for the Sun-Times. She had a party at Gibson's mm-hmm. and she said, I want you to meet the man that bought Oprah's farm. I said, good. I'd like to. And I met him and, and I said, well, what does a man do that buys Oprah's farm? Because it's quite a bit of real estate. He said, well, um, I buy things. I buy real estate. I said, you do. Okay. And he started naming stuff off and he named Biggs Mansion. And then I said, um, do you, uh, what do you, uh, do you own the, get the, the cottage behind it, the guest house? And he goes, yes. So what do you think? It, what are you thinking? What are you thinking about it? I said, it needs to be a charming little restaurant. Boom. So I opened um, Table 52, which was the earlier restaurant. And then when the Oprah show moved, I, na- I renamed it Blue Door Kitchen and redecorated it. Um, they both, both restaurants lasted. This restaurant now is the Blue Door lasted over 10 years. I mean, I mean, Table lasted over 10 years. And this one's gone over 10 years also. The restaurant's 20 years old. Yeah. And in the same room, just right behind me, is where I niched the Disney deal. And that we're, we have our big restaurant um, homecoming at Disney. It's the fastest growing per square footage restaurant in all of Walt Disney World. 60 tons of fried chicken a year. And and then we uh, and then I started I met a woman backstage named Lady Gaga on the Oprah show. And she and I became friendly. And then we created something called Artbird. And at every um, amphitheater park Live Nation owns, there's there's an art bird. So we have that. We have 38 of those. And um, don't, don't you also have a restaurant that's owned by her parents? Yeah, Joanne's. 
And um, so anyway, you know, it's just it's it's just kind of grew that way. And, you know, now I'm working on I'm interested in sports and I'm going to go into sporting arenas and things of that sort. And a lot of things from rugby to pit, uh, pickleball and everything. In fact, I'm throwing a big pickleball birthday party, you know, March 2nd um, at Chicago's first, you know, largest indoor pickleball center. And so, you know, I um, I try to it's, it's interesting, you know, I'm 64 years old and I tried to. Um, keep current, you know, and, you know, keep fresh because um, television media, you age real quickly. And um, I know. And and so, you know, it's just, it's about, and the audience now, particularly in competitions and, and that, and food, food shows, it tends to be on the young side. And um, so I'm trying to, you know, focus on what I'm known for and what I'm people love me for. And, um, and, you know, and just really just celebrate that. Yeah. And um, reunion came about of the fact because I had moved moved away for a few years to take care of my mother, and um, and my, we had adopted four kids, and um, my partner Manolas Apolgianis and came to me said, let's 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 do a restaurant at Navy Pier and let's call it reunion about coming back to Chicago, and I said it's a great idea. I said we've been we've been very successful at Disney with doing these big restaurants. So let's do one there. And so we together um, with, you know, with his brother, Mayor George Apogianis and our partner and everything, we recreated this restaurant Um, because before there was just the Bubba Gumps and we wanted to bring a more of a chef driven restaurant to Navy Pier. And so we were able to, and it's been, you know, been very successful. We just gone through a just jam restaurant week. It was very, very popular. Um, the restaurant um, offers the Navy Pier audience uh, a chef-inspired food, a lot of the same things that I've known for for many years. Um, it has, uh, you know, pricing that's much more uh, comfortable than a lot of pricing in other restaurants. And, um, you know, it's, it's going really quite well. Of course, the pricing is important at Navy Pier. You have families and, you know, so many people to come in. I had always, in my mind, before I learned what I've, all that I've learned about you, I've studied you now, but I always, I had you as this New Orleans Southern kind of cooking, but really, no. I know your cooking is American Southern, right. and I know Florida's strong in your background. So, so what is the difference between people who think New Orleans and realize, no, no, we're, we're talking American Southern here? Well, to many people in the South and to people in New Orleans, there's, they're not the same cuisine. New Orleans is more French. And Creole inspired. Um, Southern American uh, is more, um, you know, it comes from enslaved blacks from, from, you know, most of it, in fact, majority of the food. And then it's got a little tattering of English and Irish and, um, but, um, it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's a totally different cuisine and, um, it's not spicy. Um, and it's just, it's probably in many ways, not as refined as New Orleans cuisine. Um, but, um, but I grew up in the, on the border of Georgia and Florida. I'm a seventh generation Floridian and, um, we don't make jambalaya. We make perlo, um, you know, we, which is a derivative of paella from the Spanish. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we, you find seafood in our in Southern American, but you've only find it on the coastal regions. Um, when you're more inland, it's more pork and chicken and some beef. 
and, and and you and it's also very vegetable driven. But you know, when you do think, for example, you you mentioned jambalaya, and as I said, I, I had a feast at your restaurant one evening. But even that's a little. I see where maybe the American kicks in over the New Orleans because it was jambalaya, but it was gnocchi jambalaya. And that's a, that's right. a twist. Yeah, you know, we I allow the chefs to play with it because if you don't let them be creative, then they won't stay with you. You know, they get chefs get bored and complacent and tired and jaded if you don't let them kind of cook. Are there certain things you say, look, these are staples. You don't get to play with these? True. They don't mess with the fried chicken. They don't mess with the macaroni and cheese. They don't mess with the mashed potatoes. The other stuff I don't play with. Okay. By the way, the hummingbird, I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't wait for the hummingbird cake. It, they were out of it. Well, you, you've got, if you look in the, this month's People Magazine, Oprah's celebrating 70 years. Can you imagine? Wow. She's 70. And um, her birthday cake is my hummingbird cake. And you'll see a picture of the cake and Oprah and I and the recipe. So everybody in America can make Oprah's birthday cake. Oh, well, this is good. Okay. Now I, now I can. It's well, I available on newsstands now, People Magazine. I know you cooked for Barishnikov. What did he expect? I mean, he's got to keep his weight down. What'd you do? He's a ballet dancer. You know, they, they, they do, they eat more than you think and they drink more than you think. The funny thing about we had them, you know, my, my most fondest story is he brought the American ballet with him. And the first lady had laid out her private dining room beautifully in silver and, um, and they requested beer. But they wouldn't drink it out of the sterling silver goblets. They would. They wanted it out of the can in the private dining room, which was which is the White House of Florida, which is kind of funny. So yeah. you've got these elegant ballet dancers, and they wanted to drink out of the out of the beer cans, which I thought was kind of funny. But you know, there I always find that people in sports and people in that are you know that where they have to really use their you know their all their energy, they're pretty hefty eaters. And they're not as delicate as you think they are because the reality is it's a workout for them every day. So when you have people from different cultures, I mean, do you think about, no, you're going to have chef arts food or do you think, okay, where are you from? You're from South Africa. I need to right. cook you. I'll tell you a funny story about Mandela. All right. Well, um, so Oprah says to me, she goes, Art, um, Mr. Mandela is going to come see us. I said, oh, um, Nelson Mandela. She said, well, he's the only one I've ever heard of. And I laughed. And then... And she said, well, Art, you know, this is Mr. Mandela's chef's number. You can call him up and ask him if there's anything particular he likes. So I called him up and um, his chef said, well, he loves oxtail. And I'm like, that's perfect because I'm Southern and we make oxtail. He loves biryani. Well, my best friend is Pakistan, Pakistani. And um, they, they're, in fact, biryani goes back to the to the moguls to the persians it's it's that dish and so i knew how to make that he taught me how to make that and and some other things and we worked so hard because the you know everyone says green rooms think green rooms are beautiful they're not they're ugly and, and very not they're not you know green rooms in general now yours at wgn are a lot better but in general they're not and um and so we redecorated I'll take the compliment, it. We, but I don't think you're right. But go ahead. <laughs> but we stole all the furniture from the book club set and rugs and stuff. And oh. Mr. Mandela came. And anyway, I was in the kitchen on the other side of the building. That building was huge. And I hear someone from the stage crew saying, Miss, Man, Miss Winfrey, you'd like to see you. And I'm like, oh, what did I do? So I run <laughs> over there. I run over there and, and she, um, she goes and I and she says, Art, I would like for you to meet Mr. Mandela. And I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> I, you know, I don't get starstruck. I have met a lot of people. Okay. Um, five presidents, you name it, stars, right. the stratosphere, et cetera. But anyway, I meet him and I remember just saying it's such an honor and I was moving around a little bit and just very, just gracious. And, and then, um, about a, two days later, we were the best time to talk with Oprah was during breakfast because in those days, um, cell phones weren't so popular. And so the world was quiet. And because um, when the world woke up, Oprah's phone was on fire. And so I would get to talk to her for breakfast and I made her favorite omelet and I make it. And I said, you know, Miss Winfrey, I said, Mr. Mandela was just downright biblical. She said, well, honey, I wasn't sure you were going to curtsy or bow to him. I said, well, <laughs> ma'am, at least my bases were covered. Because, <laughs> you know, to me, he 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 was and still is the the icon of uh, and, you know, the the king of, of humanitarian. And, you know, he was an amazing man. I mean, if you ever have the opportunity to go to Cape Town and take a I boat have. to Rob, Robben Island, and you see that cell that he lived in. Um you, you know, he that they was was jailed in for all those years. And you think, how did that man stay in that cell all those years and yet still believe in a South Africa? And you know, through all of that, which is totally amazing. I, I think it's very important. Twenty-seven years, February eleventh is the anniversary of his release from the prison. Oh well. And by the way, Art, this rock that you see. I kind of lifted this I, when I was at the prison in Robbins Island. There's a little area where they said that Nelson Mandela used to sit and write. And that's where he wrote the books and he'd have to hide them. Yeah. And so I kind of picked up a rock as a little reminder uh, of freedom and all that. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that area. It was kind of out there. This kind of because yeah. Robin is kind of barren. You know what I mean? It's like a barren island. Yeah, exactly. Right. And right. Um, did you do you remember when you took the boat over there? You remember just how... Where, did you notice in the water all the different sea creatures? There was like seals and all kinds of other stuff. That, oh, it, it was amazing. I mean, the island was a pit. You know, it's really all about that right. prison. But, but, but the right you, over, you probably saw yeah, dinner but, not floating below you. And then, you know, it's like shark infested, those waters and everything. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Cape Town is gorgeous. You go see the penguins. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. The penguin colony. Yeah. It's and a great area place. where the birds where there's also birds that they like would fly onto your hand. You can feed the birds out of your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some other area. Oh, it's it's it, yeah. It's it was an amazing place. Yeah, it's so fun. It's it's a beautiful part of the world, and you're at the tip of the world. You know, I was in I was at the tip of South America a couple of months ago in Patagonia, and I kept thinking, you know, there's a we we my sister and I were saying we've both been to, you know, the Cape Town and now to you know to, down to to the tip tip of South America. But anyway, it was a very lovely experience. I'm sure. And do you ever think of when you go to a place like that or another country or just make it easier and just say London somewhere like that? But do you ever look and say, I want to open a restaurant here, or is it? Oh yeah, I do. And you know, I'm I'm all for it. And you know, I'm more like every place I go, I want to move there. Like <laughs> when I'm not here. Um, one of my, I just got a call today. I'm, I'm going, I work in Lisbon where I cook, um, for the ambassador to Portugal and, um, and Madam Ambassador, um, Randy Levine. And I do, do all her parties and I'm getting ready to go do a big event for Black History Month. And we're going to be cooking with a chef from Cape Verde. And um, because, you know, the the Portuguese and Cape Verde and that part of Africa were the were the were the gateway of, of, of slavery and um, a lot of amazing history, a lot of sad history, um, but a lot of incredible, delicious food 
And, um, you know, so it's, it's so I'm looking forward to that. Your kids are relatively young. I'm sort of just curious. When I was growing up, if my mom made something that I wasn't going to eat, she made me something else. She was not one of those moms who said, you'll eat this or you'll starve. Are your kids foodies? Are they are they getting to be foodies? And or if you make something, dad makes something they don't want, do you right. make them a hamburger? Well, my oldest my oldest son is a foodie. My second um, oldest son is sort of, but not. Uh, you know, a chicken, chicken nugget, chicken nugget kind of nation. You know, we I'll are get along with but him. They, fine. But they eat a lot of stuff, you know. So if you do make something, do you clear it with everybody or you, you make it? Yeah, and they just well, we, just, we try to, we try to, we try to, you know, to try to make them, you know, make them happy. Yeah. yeah. And, and where do they, are they primarily in Florida? Do they follow you around? No, they're here with me. They okay. go to school there in Hyde Park. Uh-huh. Okay, perfect. And, and I'm curious. So, so as a family, then it's always, uh, that's important for you, right? To be able to kind of do your food world and run the restaurants and take care right. of your family. We so, make it all work. And then let's come back to reunion. And because again, I just, I had the Navy bean soup, the chocolate pecan pie. I mean, I just, just, oh, by the way, the drinks, you know, everybody thinks about the food, but I want to give a shout out to the bartender and the drinks, um, the, 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 uh, orange blossom sweet tea, uh, and some of the alcoholic drinks. That's also part of, I'm guessing the chef art magic is the, the drinks being served at the bar. Well, you know, the funny thing about it, when I opened this restaurant, if you ever remember the old restaurant, you couldn't see find a bar. And, and I was, I, you know, I grew up in the South and quite honest with you, we're, we're quite well known for, if we're drinking, we carry a flask and we hide it. <laughs> we're, you know, to actually show liquor is kind of impolite. And not my household. We were Baptists, you know, so you put a plaster. <laughs> and my great-grandfather was a moonshiner, and that's why I have a moonshine bar in Disney. But um, when we when we redid the restaurant, we put a bar that you could see, and I learned that you can't own you can't own a restaurant, a successful restaurant, without a bar. That, and yeah. and I and I also think too that one thing I like is there's been this incredible interest in great cocktails and stuff and so you get a lot of bartenders now that are talented you know they're they call them bar chefs you know they're you know they're able to you know do all these incredible mixtures together is it's like alchemy it's like chemistry you know to make it taste good you know not everything tastes good mixed together is that a chef art thing or do you basically bring somebody in and say no the bar is your area mr bartender um they they try to work with the menu they'll ask me questions you like this and this and I'll tell them yeah Okay. Now, if you do get a request from, let's say you're going to do some fancy dinner for somebody and they ask for something, and let's just say, maybe at this point, you know how to make everything. But if there's something you didn't know how to make, will you, are there chefs you turn to, to Paul Prudhomme, whoever, where you'll say, I'm going to see how they did this? Or do you say, no, 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 it's got to be chef art. I'm going to do my own thing. I'll figure it out. Well, there, I come from a place, remember, I came from a private place of working for very influential, wealthy people. And one thing that's not in their vocabulary is no, no, it's never an option. Um, what I do, if there's something particular they want, I do my research, I find it and, and I pull it off. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's, you know, I, you know, everyone, I love Julia. I, I'm, I, I actually invested in a new movie about Marcella Hassan. You, do you remember Marcella, Marcella Hassan? I don't know that name. She was the Julia Child for Italian. The reason we have spaghetti bolognese and made popular throughout America is because of her. Oh wow! She she was a PBS and she's been in many books and um, has an incredible story. And but what she was, what the 
Julia was the French. She was Italian. Oh, wow. So when you are putting things together, is it also fun for you to create new recipes? How creative do you get? Or is it like sticking with recipes, you know, and making them the best that they can be? I have the same chef for 20 years, the same chef from here. And I just say to Chef Hector Guerrero, I say, Hector, I was thinking about this. What do you think? Okay, Chef, I like that. I say, can you pull it off? He said, yeah. Not everything that I come up with is it works in the restaurant. So I have to, I first say, okay, this is what I want. Can we pull it off? Can we make it work? And that's what we do. And when you say that, by the way, do you mean, can you give me an example of when you say, this is what I want? What 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 dish might you be talking about? I mean, well, you know, a good example, like recently we put, um, uh, I I love gumbo. I mean, it's we don't really make gumbo from where I'm from, but I like it. And I put it on the, I said, can we make it? He said, yes. And then he made it. And it was better than any gumbo I ever had in New Orleans. Wow. He made an incredible roux. It was very nice. Another thing we did um, when I was a little kid, my um, I grew up in uh, a lot of my life in North Miami. And my mother was from there. And my mother, when I was a little kid, would, you know, when children are young, they form, a, they form their palates. And my mother would put all this deli food in my mouth. And <laughs> I loved it. And one of her most favorite sandwiches was a was a, a pastrami sandwich. And so I said, I want um, to put a, a, a you know, a, um, a, a pastrami sandwich on the menu in honor of my mother. So we did. How many items when I go, whether it's Reunion or, or Blue Door or some of the ones, are, you know, elsewhere, um, I guess I can talk Chicago Q. I, I could toss that in there, too. Right. In barbecue. Right. Yeah. It's great. Great restaurant. Um <laughs> Chicago Q came about. I don't know if you're aware of this. I was a judge on a very famous show in America called TLC Barbecue Pitmasters. And at Leanne and Whitman was part of that. Yeah, and that's where I and that she was a contestant. Right. Right. And um she didn't win, but she was a contestant. Yes. Forgot that, and that part. Goes, and and what and where that comes from, and I have a big philosophy when I've done those competition shows, it ain't about winning, it's about being remembered. So she was remembered. And um, it's a really funny story about she was saying, I'm making these ribs. They mind me so much of my father. And she's going on about it and everything. And Mark and Myron Mixon is a trip. And I said to and I said to Myron, I said, I'm so sorry about her father. She said, he go, he looks at me. She, he ain't dead art. <laughs> <laughs> but she, had she knew that. television. She knew television. She knew, she knew how to like wrap me around her finger. But they were I, delicious. She's a very talented chef. I love it. Do you like pl- do you, going off in the barbecue world, which is one of my favorites? Is that, I mean, is there another cuisine one day where we see a chef art restaurant, which is something totally new? Um, I'm going to probably say in my wheelhouse. I, I, I'm very fond of Asian. And, um, you oh, know, yeah. one, of the, oh, yeah. one of my most favorite restaurants in Chicago and the first Michelin um, Chinese restaurant. Uh, it was known when it first came here as um, the Phoenix and then Jay Court. And now um, they open in Hyde Park and sadly they're closing, but it's really the best Chinese food in all of Chicago. And um, so, um, so anyway, it was, you know, it's so that maybe, maybe I'll do Asian. I think so. All right. I'll eat there. Okay. My partner's Filipino. So we'll, we'll, we'll eat there. Yes, sir. I love Filipino food. I love, I love, Ponset and I love lumpia and adobo and all those different foods. And Filipino food is very hot. How about sisig? Yeah, I like it too. 
Okay, I won't eat that because I know what's in it, uh, <laughs> or at least according according to what yeah, he said. Yeah, I love I love but it was bagone and um, with green uh, mango. I love that. Yeah, I love, I it, love all. it. By the way, I mean, while we just have a couple of minutes, I do want to give a shout out to the the cha- you've received humanitarian of the year awards from the James Beard Foundation. You do so much to help young people and stuff. While we can talk yeah. food the whole time, I want to do a shout out to the work you do to help young people. Well, thank you. You know, um, the, the James Beard they were very lovely for for um, presenting me that. And I also won for my cookbook back to table, you know, I'm two time James Beard award winner. Yes. And um, we, uh, uh, we won for our wonderful kids program, which we started 20 years ago in Hyde park. And the whole premise of the program is if you teach a kid how to cook, you can teach them many lessons. And we work with at risk kids throughout the communities. We're in now nine cities. We're in all of the boroughs of New York city, Miami, um, all, most LA, most major cities in Chicago, we're in all the major cities and we teach around 350 to 400,000 kids a year, a free cooking lesson. That is fantastic. And you know, look, we know the mayor, the city, they do so many programs. I talk about them all the time to, you know, after school programs, that kind of thing. But it sounds like what right. you're saying is it's one thing to let a kid play some sports after school. You're talking about a skill that if you get a young person who's into food and all of that, right. what an amazing way to develop. Well, it is. It teaches you many lessons. It teaches math skills, organizational skills. Um, it teaches, most importantly, how together and you can come together and you can make delicious. I also know some years ago you were diagnosed with diabetes. And so you have a healthy comfort book that you wrote in 2013. It looks like yeah. that medical condition, which I keep trying to avoid in my life. I keep playing on the edge of it. Um, but that being said, it looks like you're, you're very aware and you're taking food also in a, in a healthy direction for those who want that. Well, well, I try. I mean, you know, it, it, the fact is, if you have type two or type one, um, you can live a normal life. It's just all about choices and about amounts that you eat and um, you know, I remember um, I did a teleconference to a, a very sensitive part of the world that that's going on now. And um, the women of the community were saying to me, the food of our ancestors is making us sick. And what I have found in the Middle East and parts of the world um, where water was not necessarily thus easy to obtain um what happened is, was this people substituted water for soft drinks. Hmm. And I'm convinced that these heavily sugared drinks, like Fanta is all over the world. In South Africa, it's everywhere. Yeah. And what's, it's not, what's, not, what's making people sick is the soda. And, um, and you know, you know, when you, when you drink something that's so sugar laden and laden like that, it just shocks your system. And, um, if you, if you stay away from things like that, you'll be surprised about how much of the other foods you can eat. That's actually interesting because, but when it comes to dessert, look, you're also known for your dessert. So I, you know, the great thing about dessert is this, remember dessert is meant to be shared. If you get a piece of cake share it with the one you love or whomever, and then you can turn right around and take it home with you and share it again and again and again. <laughs> Do not try to eat a whole piece of cake. There you are. I guess. Fair you enough. can have your cake too, but you have to be conscious about what you eat. By the way, I think they should do a new version of the bear and have it concentrate on you and your recipes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 
You know what? I have not watched that show. Is that right? I, I think that he's hotter than hot. Um, I think, you know, he's a really gorgeous man. And I think it, it, and a lot of people, my friend Rick Bayless thinks it's, it's the demise of the restaurant industry. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. Anthony Bourdain years and years ago wrote the book Kitchen Confidential and let out all the, all the, the, all the stuff about how, what kitchens were really like. Yeah. So they're not doing or saying anything that Anthony Bourdain has already, not already said. I love it. What makes Chef special? I got to tell you, I'm sure you knew Paul Prudhomme while, while he was yeah, alive. Very well. I was in New Orleans once and I sent, I, I just wanted to meet him and say hi. And uh, they sent a note back to him. He invited me back after dinner. He was training 11 Russian chefs and he oh, brought me back to spend the evening in the kitchen as he was showing them recipes and such. And he didn't know me from Adam, but to me, it's that warmth of the chef. There's something right. in your blood that well, makes you people friendly. When I first met Paul, he was the chef at Commander's Palace, another wonderful, yeah. incredible place. And then I met him at K. Paul's when it, with his late wife. Paul was the most gregarious, kind, sweet, loving, really fantastic cook of a man. He was bigger than life, both physically and both in personality, and really had just a wonderful way with people. Um, you know, I think, you know, I have in my book, Back to the Table, I said, I don't want no angry food from angry people. <laughs> I have to tell you, good food, good people make good food, okay? So remember that he was a really dear man. Well, I will hold on to good food, make good people. I'll tell you. And, and, yeah. and good people make good food too. Sometimes because yeah. you're a good person making good food. Um, I thank you so much. You know, the web, the website I have for re, for reunion to give people is reunionrestaurants.com. But you know, we've talked about blue door and you've got all right. what, where do you want people to go to check out where they might want to eat in your, you, re, the your restaurant? The easiest thing for them to go to is chefartsmith.com. And we have all the restaurants, all the books, everything about art Smith is under on one page and we can te- show you everything about it. And we really appreciate all the love and every, all the people. And I'm so great and happy to be back in Chicago, this wonderful reunion here at Navy Pier with all this wonderfulness. And, you know, everybody in the world goes to Navy Pier. And thank yeah. you for coming to my baby blue door here. And, um, and I, when you come, you can sit here at the Barack Obama table. Or you can name I, your president and they sat here, okay? All right. I, I, I love it. Chef Art Smith, thank, thank you, my you. friend. Be well. Thank you Stay very healthy. much, sir. My Thanks pleasure. Bye bye. Bye bye.